You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group. American National Insurance, and Spiritless. As the weather turns colder and you're looking for a truly delicious glass of red, I have an idea for you. Chimney Rock. Most everyone knows Napa makes world-class wine, but not everyone knows that within the Napa Valley lies a very small but very special subregion called Stag's Leap District. It's home to Chimney Rock Winery. This winery specializes in Cabernet that is truly delicious. The wine is filled with beautiful layers of complexity and finishes with a velvety texture that Chimney Rock is known for. This is a wonderful option for gift-giving and a perfect option to bring to a special dinner party. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, Visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. Before we get to the podcast, I want to share the story of three young women who are carving their own path in the beverage industry. They started a company called Spiritless. Their first product is called Kentucky 74, and it's a non-alcoholic bourbon. You can use it as the base for so many delicious mocktails or drink it by itself on the rocks. What I like to do is go halvesies, meaning you mix it with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail. I put a little honey, cinnamon, and an orange slice, and it is truly delicious. If you'd like to enjoy an evening cocktail with no guilt, you can use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most innovative and creative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Bella Gandhi. You can feel how people feel about each other, mm. right? And it's the little things, and it's those moments where you can tell are these people truly interested in elevating each other? Bella Gandhi is a dating and relationship expert and founder of Smart Dating Academy. She's been featured on every imaginable national and local media outlet, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, Access Hollywood, ABC, NBC, and more. After she graduated with dual degrees in finance and German, Gandhi worked in mergers and acquisitions for Arthur Anderson in Chicago for a year before joining her family's chemical manufacturing company, where she divided her time between Chicago and Europe, helping to expand the business. However, 
Even as she quickly climbed the corporate ladder, Gandhi had a feeling that her career would one day be taking a sharp turn in a different direction. It was a sense that she was good at matchmaking. And in 2009, she created Smart Dating Academy. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And please enjoy my conversation with Bella Gandhi. Bella, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I know this is your busy season. So thank you so much for making some time for me today. I'm so excited to do this. I am so excited to dive into your career, how you created what you created, which is just extraordinary. But I'm going to begin this podcast like I begin all of the podcasts, which is by starting to talk about food. If you had to take me to your number one favorite restaurant in Chicago or beyond, where would you take me, Bella? Oh, Kate, it's such a hard question to answer, but I will tell you right now where I go most frequently that I love is I go to Summer House Santa Monica in Lincoln Park. Love that spot. Love it because in Chicago, we kind of have dark, this gray blanket that descends over our city for eight (laughs) months a year, more or less. But when you walk into summer house, you just feel like you're transported somewhere else. So I love it. I I always want to go there. It feels like coastal elegance, you know, whether you want fish tacos or just a delicious salad or a cheeseburger or oysters. They always have wonderful cocktails. They always have a a, a cart of rosé greeting you at the door. You know, if you'd like a, a midday glass of rosé, you feel like you're on vacation there. I, you know, lately I've been drinking something there and I'm happy to share. Sure. Called the Jalapeno Business. Okay. So if there's not something, if you're kind of spicy and you like pink, I tend, you can tell by the background here. Yes. You're in a pink room. It's got jalapenos in it. I'm like, this couldn't be more perfect. So try the jalapeno business, even if you're there on business. Well, I always think people's favorite restaurant speaks to who they are, even just a little bit. And obviously you picked a very fun, exciting restaurant where you can really sit back, have a wonderful meal and a great conversation. It's not too stuffy. It is very relaxed. You could come in jeans. You could come dressed up. It's really a wonderful spot. So thumbs up to you for picking a great Chicago spot in Lincoln Park. And let's begin because let me just tell you, your career has had a lot of forks in the road. It's had a lot of switch turns. It's had a lot of pivots. You really are a very interesting case study here. Um, Everyone on To Dine For has created something on their own through their own imagination, heart, and hustle. You have created the Smart Dating Academy, which is essentially a matchmaking service, and you offer a lot of advice to people who are looking for love. We are in the season of February, in the season of love, so this conversation comes at a great time. But let's begin at the beginning. You started in mergers and acquisitions at Arthur Anderson. Go figure, right? It's a perfect segue (laughs) to love. I help people merge and acquire one another. You know, I I went to business school at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. The best job you could get back in the day was coming out working for, at the time, one of the big six accounting firms. Yes. Great. 
came to Chicago, lived in Lincoln Park with some girlfriends and quickly realized that that probably wasn't the best career for me doing cash flow analyses on industries on a daily basis. I was I was like a flower or a plant that was getting no sunlight, no yes. water. And so I went from there a year later and joined our family business and we made Teflon for cookware and bakeware. But what's interesting, the, the main part I've skipped over here, let me flash back, is I started matchmaking people back in college on mm. gut. So by mm. this time, I had already match made my college roommate with her soon to be husband. My next roommate started dating her now husband. They all, I think between them, they have like five kids. So I knew that I had this strange sixth sense and nothing gave me more joy than watching people find what I call the lid to their pot. Mm. And so I stay, I, came, I worked at our family's manufacturing company, became a partner. We sold it in two pieces. And then finally in 2001, the company that bought us was a fortune 500 company. They're like, stay on. I thought, okay, wouldn't it be great to be the general manager at such a young age of the fortune 100 division did that for five years. What I didn't know is when you do a good job for a big company, the next step is, hey, we'd like to promote you and move you to Nashville. So <laughs> at that right. point, I'm like, okay, now I'm done. And then yes. in 2009, now I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old at the time. I put my plan together. So you're, you're working at your family's chemical manufacturing company. You've had success in the business world. Clearly, you have a business mind, right? And you have a business degree. You have all the acumen to go with it. But there's a tugging at your heart that you're in the wrong role. I love how you said that you were a flower or a plant without sun. And I think that a lot of people listening to this, that's going to really resonate with them, that they're not quite sure what they should do, but this isn't it, right? Like they feel like they're not getting the sun, they're not getting the moisture that they need, and they're not flourishing. So tell me, talk to me about the decision to, to not go to Nashville, to not go on with this company, and to start something on your own based on this gut feeling. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, honestly, even if you feel like you're that plant without the sunlight and the water, you're kind of like, but I kind of get this plant pot and I know where the sun's going to come from. Right. So it's really hard and it's such a great question that you ask. How do you make that decision to leave? Right. And I've come to realize sometimes we think change has to take months or years or sometimes decades for us to kind of crawl, walk, and run. But what I've found in my own life is change happens in an instant. Mm. You make that decision. You know what? Today is going to be the day. And if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And you put your, your big girl pants on and you mm -hmm. go and you resign and you jump. And then you figure it's sort of that old analogy. Like, you know what? I'm going to build my plane on the, on the way, way down, down. build yes. my parachute. And, and that's what I did. And it took me a long time to put the iteration of Smart Dating Academy together. It, I mean, because I left my career at Axo Nobel that bought my our company in 2006. And I didn't start Smart Dating Academy until basically the end of 2009. So it took a while. So, so if you're feeling like Kate said, you don't, you're that plant without the water and the sunlight, and you don't know what's going to give you that sunlight, that's okay. But don't ignore that feeling and don't ignore that voice, right? We've got one precious life. 
Yeah, it makes you want to cry, doesn't it? We do have one precious life. One precious um, and, and that's why the work you do is so important. If you had to describe Smart Dating Academy, what is it? We're personal trainers for your love life, basically. So I love how you put that. I thought I wanted to be a matchmaker, but what I realized, Kate, six months into the business, in fact, my first you know, shingle that I put out was called Chicago's Matchmaker because let's say you came to me and you're like, hey, Bella, I have this great career in journalism. I want a partner who's blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm going to go out and you know needle in a haystack, find him. But what I realized is matchmaking in the way that it existed was in a sense enabling people to keep doing more of the same. We're dating for what we want versus what we need to be happy. Mm. And I saw that. So six months in, we stopped. I was always matchmaking and coaching and I tried to return money when I decided I didn't want to matchmake anymore. I had matches for like five different clients. And I said, you know, I've got some money. I want to refund you because I'm not going to matchmake. I'm just going to focus on the coaching. None of them took the money back from me. Really? They said, keep coaching me. This is working. So what I would tell them is in matchmaking, if I get you a date a month, which is what a lot of matchmakers will contract to between lunches and dinners, mm-hmm. there are 60 other meals. What are you doing? <laughs> the other 59 <laughs> meals, if I'm providing you one with a match. And so I started exploring online dating. But like, who can do 60 dates a month? My gosh, that's a professional dater. And you don't want to be dating a professional dater. You told me you don't want to do that, but that was my dramatic way of illustrating to them. I'm giving you one sixtieth. Now let's say you even want to go on two dates a week, right? That's still eight dates a month. What are you going to do to find the other seven? And so we started, I started helping them with their online profiles. Like, oh my gosh, Kate, you're so beautiful in real life, but your pictures don't look like you. Let's get you a new set of photos. So we added a photo studio. I added writers. You actually help people write their profile. I wrote a book that produces the perfect online profile. It's like a Mad Libs template now. I did this during (laughs) free time in COVID. I had trained writers for so long. I thought, okay, if I can simplify this into eight questions and here's your template, here's your online profile. So it's been amazing. And we do photos. We really help people from A to Z. We're not matchmaking them anymore, but we're teaching people how to become their own matchmakers We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. To dine for the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National Agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National Agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need 
without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. As the weather turns colder and you're looking for a truly delicious glass of red, I have an idea for you. Chimney Rock. Most everyone knows Napa makes world-class wine, but not everyone knows that within the Napa Valley lies a very small but very special subregion called Stag's Leap District. It's home to Chimney Rock Winery. This winery specializes in Cabernet that is truly delicious. The wine is filled with beautiful layers of complexity and finishes with a velvety texture that Chimney Rock is known for. This is a wonderful option for gift-giving and a perfect option to bring to a special dinner party. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. When you're starting a business, right, you got to start with your mission statement, right? You got your reason for being, your why, as Simon Sinek says, right? Always pursue your why. Is it similar with dating? Do you have to come up with a, a sort of an objective here? Yeah, we start them off. We have them, their first meeting with us is three hours long. And before that, they filled out a dossier of paperwork telling us, what are your goals? We have something called the marriage map. And even if you don't want to get married, but we help people that want to find long-term committed partners. So we have them detail what attracted them to their former partners, what worked, what didn't work, Mm. what was your partner's responsibility, what was yours. And through that constellation of data points, we start to get the data that we need to help people to start to search for partners that will actually make them happy. And that is what Mm. we do. Biology kind of pushes us to not pick the right people. Our attachment systems, maybe we didn't have good models, you know, role models growing up with our families of origin Mm -hmm. can push us in the right direction. Media messaging, Mm -hmm. it should be love at first sight, fireworks, butterflies. If you don't feel chemistry right away, throw them back to the pun. I always tell people, Mm -hmm. if you're a picker, the way you pick people, if your picker is broken, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that we help people to do. What is the number one thing you see that people are doing wrong when they are looking for love? They don't focus on how they feel with this person. So often people are looking for a person that's good on paper. Wow. That year over year, decade over decade. And sometimes all that good on paper stuff isn't even worth the paper it's written on. So they care more about what other people think than what they think, which is really sad. It's really sad. And that's what leads to the abhorrent divorce rates that happen in our country. You know, you can see numbers like 40% or 50% of first marriages end in divorce. Then if you look at what people do when they go back to the pond, 67% of second marriages end in divorce, Mm. 74% of third marriages. So we don't always know what we're doing. And those of us that found great partners sometimes are like, wow, I'm really lucky. I lucked into this, right? So it's it's complicated as to why people don't always pick the right partners and how we should be. It is. It, and it is luck to some degree. It really is. Some people truly do luck out and, and others really have to work at it. And some of people are still looking in their 50s, 60s, 70s. And that's where you come in, where you can come in and really coach them to a better state of being. And so that they, as you said, if their picker's broken, you can help them and you can help fix that. You know, just as I asked, what was the number one problem? I'm really interested in what is the commonality 
of, of people that do it right and that are really have strong relationships, if you had to pinpoint it based on all your years of experience? They choose what I call, Kate, elevator people, a person that we have the, our clients do an exercise. We have them first describe what they want in a partner. I want him to be tall. If I make X, he should make two X. He should have all these stamps in his passport. He should be a foodie. La, 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 la. But then we ask them a second and more important question. Who are the people in your life that make you really, really happy? And I say they elevate you. They lift you up. Who are those people individually? Tell me their names and tell me why they are your elevator people. And most often what comes out of this exercise is people that love me for me. They're mm. always there for me. They're my cheerleaders. They have my back. They're supportive. They're positive. They tell me what's good about me. The mistake, what people do when they're successful at this consciously or unconsciously, they've probably chosen an elevator person for them. And at the heart of that is a deep lasting friendship. Mm, that's great. Bella, that's some good stuff. People make decisions, as you said, based on all of these factors that are subconscious, that are biological, that have nothing to do with what you just said. And so we wonder why some people luck out and some people don't and why things don't work out because not everyone goes into it with that clear of a focus yeah. to what they're doing. Let's talk about the business. You started it. You said that it morphed from a matchmaking business into more of a dating academy and coaching. How has it been to grow your business? And what is the number one thing you feel like you've done right to, to really grow it? So something that we're proud of and people say we don't talk enough about is we've had zero divorces in 12 years. Stop it. That's incredible. I know. It's crazy. So we've had zero divorces. So doing it in the way that we've delineated and we've outlined for our clients and the path that we help them walk on has been really successful. Is it easy? No. Is there a magic wand? No. But I think doing it in the way that really focuses on kind of working against your instincts, working against what your attachment system is telling you, working against what social media and the media and rom-coms are telling you like, oh my God, you know, how do most people feel they want to find love? They want some sort of a meat cute. They want to think about themselves going to Whole Foods, massaging the mangoes and you look up <laughs> and there he is. <laughs> And the trumpets start playing and the orchestra goes and it's, and it's all done. Never and like what, that. What it should say is seven years later, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> here's where they are. And you know, as a married person with kids, and I know what you think it is in the beginning versus what it ends up being is often, you know, chalk and cheese. It's very different. That is really fascinating. So I imagine word of mouth is probably your number one marketing tool, but what have you had to learn personally to grow this business and what kind of schooling, what kind of relationships have you created that have really propelled this business forward? 
I'm a self studier. I've always been that kid, you know, in high school, go figure now looking at what I do. I was always the one who was, you know, kind of escaping the romantic aisles and into the self-help aisles. Like Mm. I loved personal growth and growing and how do you become a better human? How do you make Mm. people feel better in your presence? So I do a lot of courses. I continue to buy other people's courses. I have mentors in my business. And really, I think the most important thing is getting over my own fear of failure. Every time I'm stuck, it's because of a story I'm telling myself. And then when I get over that story and start to believe again, but you know, so often as entrepreneurs, I think we always, if you imagine yourself on a mountain, you're always looking up at the mountain going, God, I've got this much more to climb. But what we don't always do, and this is for all people, is we don't stand at that mountain and take a look back and say, look how far I've come already, Hmm. right? So I think continuously learning and understanding on the ground in the weeds, which is where we exist with our clients, what are the problems people have and how can we help them to solve those more efficiently? You mentioned your gut feeling when you were in college and you were already matchmaking. It's clearly a skill or a talent or a gift that you have. Where do you think that came from? And if you really had to pinpoint what you think you're good at, because you just mentioned that people should be looking for elevator people, people who elevate them and really bring joy to them and make them happy. But you have a different skill because you said that it's a gut feeling you have of two people who perhaps haven't met. How do you know that they're each going to be each other's elevator person? You know, I figured out the whole elevator person thing when I was back in college for myself because I had terrible dating patterns. If there was some, if there was a bad boy around, (laughs) send him my way 100%. And so I did my own analysis to get to where I am. So that gut feeling was also tied in with fixing myself. Like any good nerdy business student back in the day, I made my own, like, oh my God, what's the common denominator in all these messes? me. Mm. <laughs> like, What attracted me to these people? Why did I stay in? <laughs> Why did I go through 10 on and offs and tragic breakups? And so I think the gift then with that is I love love and I love helping people. I love people. So I kind of put all of those things together and I can still get this. If I'm dining with another couple with other people, I still sometimes get that feeling. And usually it's a good feeling like, oh my gosh, I so see why this works. Every Mm -hmm. now and then I'm like, "Eh, not sure how long this is going to (laughs) last. It's like a premonition. It's like you're a medium. You're a love medium. You can feel how people feel about each other, Mm -hmm. right? And it's the little things. It's not the, oh my gosh, the big bombastic messages that we can put on on social media for our, our boo or our significant other's birthday. I love you so much. But it's those little things and it's those moments where you can tell, are these people truly interested in elevating each other? It's beautiful. It really is. You know, I, I, in my early thirties lived in New York city and dated in New York city, which I feel like is, you know, just the hardest thing in the world. I feel like it was like a full contact sport and it, it really takes a lot out of you and New York city dating world. There's a reason why there's so many TV shows about that specific genre. Totally. One of the things that New York city dating did for me instantly when I realized that I was on a bad date, and and when I say bad date, I mean, you know, I probably didn't want to go on a date with them again. I instantly went into reporter mode 
in journalist mode. And I just had the best time because I just find people fascinating. I really do. And, and at the end of the date, I think the person thought that they, that it was a great date because I just found out their entire life story. But really I was just doing what I loved, which was talking to people and interviewing them and finding out what makes them tick. So I always tell people who really hate dating, because there's a lot of people, I'm sure you deal with people who just don't like the whole process, that if you can make it an enjoyable experience for everyone by by leaning into the bad date and leaning into the experience of, of, of finding out about a person. 100%. In fact, I mentioned we have all these tools that we help our daters with. And mindset is everything, Kate. Mm-hmm. You're incredibly right. And so we have them enter the date no matter what and no matter how sideways or how bad the date is. Tell me three things that you liked about this person or you learned from that person, right? Learned. Because so much of this, the people that do best at dating, best at Smart Dating Academy, we have them change their mantra instead of I have to date, I roll uh, to I get to date. I get to meet new people and I get to hear their stories. Changing I have to to I get to, it automatically shifts your mindset. I get to go to work. I tell my teenagers, you get to go to school, Mm. right? So I get to learn about this person. And that's all this is. It's a first meeting. And now with COVID, as awful as COVID has been for a thousand reasons, one of the most efficient things that's happened in the dating world is video has been built into all of the apps. And so you can have a date just like this. You don't have to zhuzh yourself up and go out on a blind date. I say four good steps to a date. Message with people on the apps. If they don't, you know, if they seem normal, take it to a quick phone call, five, 10 minutes, organize the date, organize the logistics for the video date and put boundaries around it. 30 minutes. You make your favorite cocktail. I'm going to make mine. And let's talk about the cocktails and we can exchange recipes. Now it's fun. It's an activity. You're doing it from the comfort of your own home. And it's constrained to 30 minutes because let's be honest in the dating world, crazy cannot hide for more than 10 minutes. Okay, that's good. That is really good. And the fact that I wish Zoom dating was around when I was dating because you could you can really you can tell within 20 minutes whether you'd like to have a second date. You really can. And you don't have to make the trek, you don't have to the expense of the meal or the drinks and you can really, you know, really get on with the getting on here. So, you have been in this world for many years now. What have you learned about love? from being immersed in the world of finding other people love? We have to love ourselves in order to love someone else. And I've learned that love, we think love is a feeling, but love is actually a decision Mm. long-term. There is a feeling, but as you know, marrying, being in long-term relationships, that love changes from that exciting firework inducing to a feeling of safety Mm. and belonging. And when you really love someone long-term that comes after loving yourself and investing in yourself, it's really about wanting what's best for them. Mm. So it's amazing. Love isn't a feeling, it's an action. Mm. And really there's nothing better in the world 
than love in whatever form that takes, whether it's friendship, whether it's supporting a coworker, whether it's, you know, a romantic love. I mean, really, that is the good stuff. And it's it's worth being scary and it's worth putting yourself out there and 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 doing all the things to walk towards it. To walk towards it as humans we're wired for this. Mm -hmm. We want love and belonging more than anything else on earth, more than money, more than things, more than all of that. We think we want all those trappings, but at the end of the day, so much of it is we believe we need all that stuff to become lovable. But at the end of the day, the sheer truth of the matter is that's like the wizard of Oz. It's like the illusion. You are love. You are a giant heart walking around and just opening yourself up to receive love from good, solid elevator people, everything can change. It's there for you. You just have to see it. We are right around the season of love and Valentine's Day. What would you say to someone who hasn't dated in a long time that hasn't been on a day that either uh, because of the pandemic, which is completely understandable, or just is kind of fed up with looking and the searching and being on the apps, give them three things they should do this month to put themselves in the best position to find love. You know, if you're jaded and you're like, "Ugh, I hate this. You, what, <laughs> the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. So mm-hmm. what can you change? What will excite you? What will like, just get your mojo back a little bit. Yeah. For, and as part of what we do with our clients, and I'll give you this example because I see the mojo come back with people. It's making that decision to invest in yourself. We do a photo shoot in the West Loop for every one of our clients, whether they come from Saskatchewan or the Caribbean or LA, New York, or Chicago. And doing a photo shoot for yourself, it's mm-hmm. not a cheesy glam shot, you know, like you're laying on a red chaise or something, but just <laughs> a really fun day where someone else is taking care of you, helping yes. you pick your clothes, doing your makeup, just judging you up, telling you stand there, you look amazing. Doing something as simple as that, I see the spark come back into people's eyes. Mm. I haven't had a day this fun in so long. We put wow. dance parties in there. We have maybe a little sparkling drinks involved. Dating comes with sparkling drinks, right? It has to. And so doing something a little bit out of your comfort zone that would excite you again, do that. I love that. I love that. Well, we are almost out of time, but I just want to raise a glass to you and all of the matches you've made. Zero divorces is a huge accomplishment. I love what you're doing. And I love that you chose to spend some of the busiest time of the year on to dine for the podcast. Cheers to you, Bella. Oh, cheers to you. I could not have enjoyed this more or be more honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National, Spiritless, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers! Stay hungry and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.